and welcome to the China and Africa podcast. I'm Kubis van Staden. I'm sitting in for Eric today because of internet connectivity problems in Vietnam. We decided to move ahead and just do a, a two-person conversation um, today in, because we're dealing with a, a very con- controversial and fast-moving issue, which is a restaurant in Nairobi that excluded um, a Chinese restaurant that excluded black people, and you know, kind of that this issue exploded on Twitter and, and social media, and it became an international incident. Um, and we decided we'd like to talk with Huang Hongshang because he's an expert in in China-Africa relations, expert in Kenya-Africa relations, and is now living in Nairobi. So welcome, welcome Hongshang. Thank you. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit, like, what is the situation? What is the scandal and, and how did it develop? So I just want to share with you about my experience. So I have been staying in Nairobi as the things develop. So on the same day of the situation, which is three, four days ago, and uh, on, at the evening, we heard some friends talking about the Chinese embassy is giving us warning. Like tomorrow, the next day, there may be protests against Chinese. So everyone needs to be very careful. So that was the first time I, and also I believe it's also many other Chinese, realized there are these kind of things going on. Because as you know, Chinese are usually not very connected with the English social media locally. So we realized that on the same day, some Chinese, uh, some, because of some Africans was turned down to, which refused to enter some Chinese restaurant in Nairobi, and they published some article, the media, local media published some article about this, and then, wow, so it seems like the Chinese are being racist in, being racist to Africa in African countries, so all locals, they get very angry. So, sorry to interrupt. So, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, this issue is there's a, a Chinese-run restaurant in Nairobi, and they they it it became you know kind of it became known that they have basically have this this rule that they that they're not supposed to serve African patrons after five o'clock. Am I have, do I have that correct? Yes, essentially, what happened is some Africans went to the Chinese restaurant after 5 o'clock, and they were refused to enter. And so, do we have an idea, does this, does this um, restaurant cater to the local Chinese community, or do they cater to Chinese tourists, or like, you know, kind of what kind of restaurant is this? Um, in, in Nairobi, the Chinese restaurant, there are essentially two types. One is a little bit relatively middle, higher class, is to Chinese and also non-Chinese relatively rich people because it's more expensive. The other type is a very local, so it mainly just serves local clients. So the restaurant we are talking about is the type four. But I do need to later explain why the restaurant to have ad- ad- adopt this policy. Okay, it's maybe not you, as simple as many people are thinking. Okay, maybe you should explain it. Like, tell us what the policy is actually, and like, and why do you think they they actually started this policy? Mm-hmm. So the policy was like no Africans to enter the restaurant after dark, and on the same day of the the, the things happening, like uh, the Chinese embassy gather all the Chinese restaurants to have meeting. And the second day, I actually met and discussed with some Chinese restaurant people and the Chinese embassy people. So this is what I learned. In Nairobi, 90% of Chinese restaurants have been robbed in the past several years, and a lot of them more than one time. So the Chinese, some Chinese restaurants, they decided this is a huge risk because every time it happened in this way, 
some locals, some Kenyans or well, some Africans, they come in saying they want to have dinner, but instead they 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 take off their take out their gun and rob the restaurant. So now quite a lot of Chinese restaurants they actually are very afraid because they can't differentiate who are robbers and who are not. So they think in in order to be on the safe side, just not let Africans enter after 5 p.m. But some of them, they will be using excuse, saying, oh, our restaurant is full, our restaurant is not working. While on, in this particular incident, I think some of the people in the restaurant directly said to the Africans that, no, we don't have Africans after five, which makes the things, the conflict very intense. Yeah, I can imagine. So to a certain extent, this is a policy that's actually in place in, in a bunch of different Chinese restaurants in Nairobi, yes, but in this Nairobi. restaurant happened to be the one that put that, that said it explicitly. Yes, that's what I understood, but informally. So this is not a really formal policy. And sometimes they were actually, actually quite a lot of time they would let Africans in as well, as long as they know, oh, this African I know. Okay. But if they, they, are, they are not known, then they will have so this clearly struck a nerve in in Nairobi. Um, people weren't happy about this situation. How did the how did the Kenyans react, and you know, kind of how did that their reaction develop? Yes. So on the second day of like the, the on the second day of the incident, what I heard from my local friend that there's a local Kenyan Facebook group discussing about organizing protests and something. It's called Stop Racism in Kenya hotels. So my friends and I, we went in and see, we can see a lot of discussion, a lot of anger going here and there, and we, and we can see a lot of the local media keep having news reporting and government officials saying something like, we don't accept racism. And the most recent development I have heard is, although the Chinese restaurant, the one targeted, is already closed, some Kenyans, they broke in and stole the things from the restaurant. That's what I just learned last night when I was in Uganda and my Kenya friends show me uh, like a local a local social media and saying that. That's so interesting. So the restaurant is closed now? Yes. The restaurant was closed because I think not only because of this but because when the government they went there to check there are a lot of license issues, work visa issues because a lot of the Chinese in, in, in Africa they are facing these issues as well. So they are tracked and they realize the problem is more than the racism. So it was, uh, it was shut down recently. And so how did, how did the other Chinese restaurants and the, and the wider Chinese community in, in Nairobi, how did they react and what are they doing about this? At the very, very beginning, I have been already seeing like the Chinese restaurants, the Chinese communities in Africa, in Kenya, including the embassy, actually have very similar opinion on this. It's like, this is a stupid policy, it's absolutely really wrong. This is already admitted at, uh, on the first day when, uh, when, when, when I heard about these issues. But now, as the things go more and more and more and more intense and the uh, conflict become more and more a little bit irrational, now a lot of the Chinese, they're getting very worried and they are thinking, oh, maybe this issue is no longer just... Uh, because of the, the the issue is maybe someone is using this to be against the Chinese. So I can see the Chinese, they are getting more and more nervous and more and more emotional as well. Some Chinese restaurants owners, they actually call me and told me they are very worried that 
their local will take this opportunity to rob their people and even hurt their people, mm. despite that they have all legal license. Yeah, and and I mean it, it can't be helped by the fact that the international community, I mean the international press, loved the story. They just jumped on the story like crazy. Um, like, do you, do you like what? How do you think this this press coverage is playing into the crisis? And do you think it kind of is? Is there a bit of a I told you so kind of vibe to to some of the coverage of this? Well, I actually think with the media reporting, I have seen so far is. It's more and more exaggerating the conflict because a lot of the voices from the Chinese are missing there. So, no, not a lot of people actually realize like what the Chinese were thinking about this issue. Like a lot of implication, implication from the media is like, oh, all Chinese are the same and they are staying on the other side. And a lot of the implication is that this is pure racism issues, while the, the understanding and voices of the Chinese are missing. So I actually think with the media, the conflict is getting people more and more irrational about this. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, you know, kind of one of the places where this where this was really discussed a lot um, was on Twitter, um, and under one of the one of the hashtags was was hashtag um, Chinese invasion, which you know doesn't sound it doesn't sound particularly kind of objective, but um, but I have to say, like some of the discussion under under this Chinese invasion hashtag was was relatively balanced actually you know kind of so some some of them are, are, are very negative so so for example i'm looking at one that just says you know 98 percent of goods are sold in down da- sold in downtown nairobi are chinese the area is simply chinatown aka Chong district which is horrible um but then also another guy is saying um you know kind of your chinese invasion angle is discriminatory and buying you know kind of bunging all chinese in one part is bigotry um, you know, kind of. So it's it's interesting. You know, kind of. It's, it's, it seems to be a, a kind of a bit of a bit more nuance and a wider level of discussion on Twitter, actually. I think actually maybe the Twitter discussion in international community is more balanced than the local discussion here, like the the local English discussion. But I would say one of the problems where I can see is like first the issue has not been understood correctly, or comprehensively and then the discussion go beyond go from there go from a fact that the Chinese restaurants are being racist so I would see that is also a problem so they, they take this they take the idea that Chinese restaurants are racist basically as a given instead of, of, of kind of interrogating and questioning that point yes because from my perspective, I would say this issue, the, the definition is already a little bit problematic. I would not say Chinese are not racist, because I cannot conclude on all the Chinese, and of course, quite a lot of Chinese, they are racist. But in terms of the restaurant issues, I have discussed with the Chinese business community, the restaurant owners here in Kenya, and I could understand that on one hand, they actually really want to have more guests because they want to earn as money as possible. So there's no reason they turn down like African guests because, ah, I don't want you Africans to come in and eat with us. But at the same time, it's the security issues making them really concerned. Why more, what, what's more is like the Chinese, it shows a problem that the Chinese here, they still don't have enough knowledge about like local integration. They don't know how to really have a secure way of running their restaurant and a restaurant, a restaurant owner told me there was one day a, person, a guest come at night and say he is the MP of the area, which is quite high 
position official, but still they cannot let him in because they don't know him. All of these kinds of things, like it's implying the Chinese still do not know how to better integrate into the local society. And we can even see from the reaction, the Chinese community has been keeping silent for at least a few days before they actually say something. And that is already too late. So yeah. they still don't know how to better respond to this situation. What I heard is the restaurant on the same day, instead of like having some people to talk with the people nicely, having some good interaction, instead they give some very simple notice. And I have seen that notice. It's still quite um, Chinese style, which yeah. is not that effective. So you work a lot with Chinese businesses in in Africa and in in Nairobi especially, um, and you know kind of in in order also you know kind of how to improve their their um, corporate social responsibility and, and so on. I mean that's a big part of your job. So so how would you advise these businesses to handle a crisis like this if you take into account the kind of security problems that they're dealing with? Well, I would say there are both short-term and long-term solutions. So on the short-term solution, when the Chinese community sees things like this, they need to have immediate and and, re- and and good response to talk to the people. The Chinese restaurant need to apologize at the very beginning and let people see this the apology is sincere. And the Chinese communities, like the business association, the embassy, they also need to give a right response very quickly instead of like this time just waiting for a long time. And on the long term side, actually there should be more and more orient more orientation for the Chinese to understand the local situation. For example, the local culture thing is especially about the racism and the local like the environmental issues, the labor the law, this kind of issues and having more activities to engage the locals so that they can understand more from the local and let the locals understand more about about them. And actually about this, I would say this incident is a very good opportunity for Chinese communities in Kenya. Because after this incident, the Chinese communities here in Kenya have been discussing in future we need to do more about this, we need to organize the Chinese communities better so that we respond better and quicker. And also, some Chinese restaurants are talking to me saying, in future, they would love to provide a menu for more social events for Chinese and locals to have more interactions. So I think it actually wake up the Chinese community here in Kenya. They see the problems right now. That's very interesting. Um, how do you think the, the Chinese community should deal with um, the, the Kenyan media? You know, kind of some people have been saying that, that NTV has been pushing this Chinese invasion line a little harder than they maybe should have. Um, you know, so, so how do you think the local media should deal with this? And how do you think the Chinese, especially how should the Chinese community, you know, kind of deal with the local media? Well, I would say from my opinion, on one hand, the, all the Chinese companies and so on, they need to have the basic learning about how media work in this in this country. So you should, when they want to interview you, you need to talk to them nicely. You need to explain to them about your concerns instead of giving some very official statements. And on the other hand, the Chinese community, once it's more organized and united, there could be some people who are become like, Chinese opinion leader or like Chinese community spokesman for the local media to interview. Because I also have a lot of Chinese, like local media friends here in Kenya. And actually, in not only in Kenya, in Africa, I have heard these people complain a lot about not being able to find some Chinese to have good response to them, to interact with them, to talk to them. 
So I think that's something that needs to be improved. Although, even if you talk nicely to them, there still would be some twist because that's media. Media always have this problem. But it will reduce the level of this misunderstanding and exaggeration if they have some Chinese to talk to them properly so that they better understand what the Chinese are thinking and how to understand the situation better. Yeah, yeah, that, that's I know. It's 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 a it's it's a lot of it's a lot of new skills I think for the Chinese community. You know, kind of it's it's a lot of it's yeah. a you know a lot of new thinking I think frequently. Um, you, okay, so you, so you said that this is this is a big you know quite quite a good opportunity for the Chinese community to integrate and to you know kind of to find new ways to integrate. Do you think they're going to like? How optimistic are you that this is going to be used for the better in the future? Well. How does this thing? I would say this is definitely already there is already a good sign. I after like after this incident happened because I have been communicating with some Chinese business leader, community leader who has been here in Kenya for about 20 years, and we have I have been communicating to them and saying we need to have more this kind of like cultural training orientation for Chinese. And those business leaders they agree and they actually are willing to discuss with me more about how we can actually doing it. So this is definitely a good change. The pity about that is I'm leaving for I'm leaving from Kenya for the next 20 days. I'm going to do some research in other country. But on the other side, I would be concerned if this incident goes more and more irrational, then a lot of the Chinese they will get angry at the local people as well, which may disturb future integration. Because yeah. as they are seeing now, the locals are irrational. The restaurant is shut down. Okay, that's legal behavior. That is not legal for you to break in and steal the things. And it's not legal for you to have violence to the Chinese who are innocent. So and, they are and, getting angry as well. And have there been um, incidents of violence against the Chinese community so far? I mean, particularly relating well, to this restaurant controversy. The only thing I have heard is, the, the the breaking in which just happened I think yesterday or something. Yeah. I haven't heard about the other things. But the Chinese, all Chinese are very concerned because for a lot of Chinese first they they already at the first place they don't believe protests in Africa could be peaceful. Uh yeah. It's a very, very interesting and very complicated issue. Like once, you know, it's a small incident, but once you unpack it, there's a whole world of, of problems in there. Um, Huang Hongshang, it's been so much fun speaking with you. We love speaking with you. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of usually when we end, and, and Eric does this much smoother than I do, or I can, um, but we, we try and leave people at, you know, some place to get in touch with you. So um, I know you're very active on social media. Those people who are interested in keeping up with what you're reading and writing and, and you what you're doing, um, how should they get in touch with you? Well, they can find my name, Hong Xiang Huang, on Facebook, and also they can come to our website, www.chinagoingout.org. So, it's not too difficult to find me. Mm. That's fantastic, and, and I, I highly recommend everyone to get in touch with Hong Shang. He's, he's amazing. Um, so you can follow us um, on a billion different places. Uh, we're all over the over the internet. Um, our podcast is obviously on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Um, we uh, our Facebook page is a is a massive resource for people to keep up with with China Africa news. It's www.facebook.com/slash/ChinaAfricaProject. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Stardenesk. That's S T A D E N. E-S-Q-U-E. And uh, we'll speak to you soon and Eric will be back next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.